Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on our Inner Revolution podcast. Today, my host, Pastor Jason, is here. I'm the co-host, Atul, and we are really excited to finally get together after a kind of a week off. I don't think I have done Pascal with you in about a week or so. Is that true? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we had we had a, we had a few podcasts. I think you were taking a nap or something. Yeah. You know, it's been a kind of a rough week that I had because. Uh, I was getting ready to visit Texas, and I have been really busy with that. And I just realized, Pastor Jason, it's going to be like 104 degrees there. So I thought maybe you should bring your shorts. But you said you don't wear shorts, so can you tell me why? <laughs> TMI, TMI, too much information. Yeah, I'm excited about Texas, too. Uh, why I don't wear shorts is a private matter. No. <laughs> he just, I don't want to. He just recently got a vax shot. Oh. <laughs> I am kidding. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ghostly white color. Okay. No, I am just joking. But you know what? Pastor Jason, it was really great to have um, Billy and Candace here with us this week. Uh, the guys who do the Angry uh, Christian Podcast. And... Um, just listened to their podcast today about mission, and I was just so stirred up, and I think they're really stirred up. I realized that how amazing uh, our ministry and what we are part of, that there is no competition here. Yes. We all work together. We are because we all have one heart, one mind, and one vision to go forward, and, and that is something that we don't see anywhere else in the world because God's heart is all about being having a oneness mm-hmm. and that's how God works and the enemy comes in divide and conquer among churches that we see that everywhere so to hear what Billy and Candace were saying it was just so touched my heart to see somebody who came here from the other side of the country and was blown away this uh, this past week yeah I mean I love that like when we start to compete with each other or we criticize each other, uh, we stop receiving from each other. So, uh, like, I need you, and maybe you need me. I'm not Very sure. Very much so. <laughs> Can I give you a hug? Oh, yeah, I need a special you. moment right no, there. No, that is uh, a... But really, we need each other, and each one uh, shows a diversity of Christ's heart. So, yeah, I love that. I love their podcast. It's very uh, provoking. And I think we're going to talk today. What are we talking about today? I think we're talking about guilt, shame, yeah. Pastor Jason, today we're going to talk about guilt and shame. Um, it's a subject that a lot of people are dealing with in their own lives. But I think the answer is the cross, but the way to the cross is very hard for a lot of people. And I thought about this statement I read this morning. It says, guilt is that awful feeling that hit us in the pit of our stomach when we do something wrong in our lives. So with that thought, I want to open this uh, floor to you to uh, take us into the world of guilt and shame and how we can overcome and the, what God would does, or how God takes us away the guilt and shame out of our life mm-hmm. into the finished work. Okay. Well, I mean, first of all, I, I love this topic. I just finished a book called Beautifully Broken, which answers the questions to guilt, shame, and fear. And in the book, we talk about how guilt is I've made a mistake. Shame is now I take on the identity of the mistake. And fear happens when I'm afraid to take another step because of failure. Uh, So this trifecta really 
uh, holds back all of us in some regards. Maybe the past, you know, maybe there's someone's had an abortion or they've they're they're in a, or they've been through a divorce or maybe they have uh, just done something that they regret, and it's that constant reflection and that remorse and uh, that just kicks in that that brings people into a self-defeatist mentality. And um, as believers, I love what you just said, uh, there is an answer to guilt, shame, and fear. And But sometimes we make it overcomplicated. You know, we overcomplicate it. And uh, I just love this promise. And maybe today you're listening and you have something that you wish you could erase or something that you could do over. And with God, he, you know, he does not call us to deny anything, but he calls us to surrender the pain and to allow him to replace it with something that will strengthen us. You know, I remember in the Ukraine, my wife and I had a ministry to those that, that, um, that had an abortion. And in the Ukraine, uh, it was very prevalent and often that it was a, uh, a popular way of uh, birth control, actually, uh, horrific as that may sound. But uh, these women would come in and just the complex of guilt and then the shame would, where they would just take on the identity of their mistake and they would just be so downtrodden. And then you present forgiveness, you present hope, you present love, not based on anything that we could produce, but just as a gift that comes in and heals and we would see lives transformed. Now, their baby is in heaven, but now they're no longer with a victim mentality, and by the grace of God, they won't make that mistake again. Uh, but we saw lives transformed because guilt, brokenness, the, we're all broken. We're all in a place of just being shattered. And in my book, I talk about how, you know, as a mosaic, something that's whole, that's broken into many pieces, and how God, re, he takes all the pieces and he redesigns it into something beautiful. And, and that's, that's the message of hope that we have. Because um, we cannot take back the past. We only have now. Uh, there's no way that, you know, maybe tomorrow is not promised. But so many of us are looking back trying to change something we can't, uh, we can't change. Or can't, um, we try desperately not to repeat it. But if our... If we're looking backwards, then it's only a matter of time till we do what we do again and again. But that forward look, that Philippians 3.13 of reaching forward to and receiving life, receiving life for your marriage, receiving life for yourself personally, loving yourself rather than loathing yourself. Uh, you know, people, I've met teenagers that cut themselves. They're so angry and actually in a... In a strange way, the pain is, is somehow therapeutic. What is that? That is a deep-rooted guilt and shame that God wants to take away the pain of and replace it with his love, grace, and mercy. Now, Psalm 147, 3, there's some great verses just to get us thinking. It says this, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and bandages the wounds. Uh, in another place, Isaiah 66, 2 God receives a broken and contrite spirit, one that's been smashed and crushed. In Isaiah 40, 
3 talks about a bruised reed he will not uh, break and a smoking flax he will not quench. What is that? Like God never gives up on people. God never holds our sin against us in Psalm 103.10. God looks at us and sees his son, Jesus Christ. And so there's always a way back. So, so what do we do when our sin is uh, always before us? You know, there is a principle of projection and reflection. So in this book, I talk about how the devil will often remember our sin. He'll often throw back and say, oh, you did that, and you did this, and therefore you're disqualified, and no one would really love you if they really knew who you were. And your need is your greatest, I mean, your, your, your desire is your greatest need. And he's always projecting the brokenness or the unregenerated nature of us. But what does God do? He says, I'm enough. I'm enough. Come, let me uh, redesign you. Uh, let me redefine you. Let grace define you. And we spend time just walking through when the devil suggests these things through projections, just like a, a movie film would be projected from one place onto the wall, that point of projection, we have to seize that and say, you know what? Second Corinthians 10, I'm going to cast down that lie that argues against the nature of God, and I'm going to embrace what is really true. And then the reflections where we then begin to, we, the projection hits us, we say, oh, that's true. We begin to reflect it or confirm it in our heart. And then all of a sudden, we enter into fear, panic. Panic's a big one. We feel overwhelmed. And then we just like, uh, we just, anxiety kicks in. So it really complicates the matter. But God says this. He says, you know what? I see everything in Hebrews 4.13, and I love what I see. And in Jeremiah 31.4, I will build you again. I will make that, that once whole entity that's been cr- crushed by, let's say, abuse, let's say, bad decision. Let's say, how about drinking? Someone drinks and, and gets in a car accident, runs over somebody. Or like the, uh, the abortion syndrome where people have, a, have a, abortions and... The clinic doesn't tell you they'll take care of your baby or they'll kill your baby, but they, but the emotional scarring is something that's with you for the rest of your life. Wow. But with God, there's hope. God himself uh, heals the brokenhearted, the broken relationship, the broken marriage, the broken job, the uh, broken innocence, um, uh, the, um, the verbal abuse, whatever it is. Like God says, I'm going to come in. And I'm going to love you through it. I'm, and I, I guess my point, and we can open this up, is what do I do with my pain? I think this is the big thing. Let's say the loss of a loved one. Uh, we have to take that pain and surrender it to God. Otherwise, we, we do not grieve in a healthy way. And no one grieves uh, one way the same. But as long as we're surrendering our pain to God. So in the Old Testament, Here's an example when they would give a burnt offering. After every offering, they would clean the altar. So they'd take the ashes and put it into a clean place so it wouldn't contaminate the next offering. What happens sometimes in our lives is we just we let the ashes build up, build up, build up, build up, and we're contaminating our present because of what happened in our past. 
and we have no strength for our future because we're so uh, or a prisoner to our to our past. So uh, maybe closing my part here is to say to be honest with God and be transparent. Say, Lord, I've made a mistake. Lord, I have. Uh, I am fearful. And uh, to be honest about the pain and say, Lord, this is yours. Lord, I am not my mistake in Romans 7.20. Um, there is forgiveness for my mistakes, Psalm 103. And then there's healing from the inside out. And that way, you know, you're able to enjoy and receive what God has for you in your future. Will there be scars, soul scars? Will there be um, remorse and regret? Uh, yes. Will there be times of depression? Yes. But it'll become less and less as we focus on who Christ says that we are. Our identity, our grace identity, takes over our broken identity. What God says takes over what the devil says. Um, and there's, this is a huge topic that, and I'll just close, I, 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 I thought of this today. You know, when you think of the physical nature of a stroke, it's the restriction of blood flow and the lack of oxygen to a part of your body, typically your brain. Uh, people have emotional strokes where life or situations have restricted the blood flow or the restricted hope or restricted uh, logic or right thinking, and it creates an emotional stroke and brings in despair and disillusionment. And this is why we see sometimes suicide is a, a real issue where someone despairs and they cannot reconcile what they've done and what they've done is now who they are. And this emotional stroke literally kills them. But with God, there's hope, there's truth, there's grace and mercy, mercy, mercy takes care of what we have done and grace gives us what we've the, uh, grace gives us something that we could never earn. So today, you know, we can unpack this and we could spend hours with this, but what's the answer? It is receiving the love of God. It is being honest with God. It's being honest with another person. Having an agopic friendship with another person reduces the shame and to be known. So many people are hiding themselves like, oh, if this person knew who I really was, they'd want nothing to do with me. Well, if that's the case, that's not, a, that's not the right person. I mean, God knows everything and loves you and I, uh, you know, perfectly. He deeply sees us, fully knows us, and completely loves us. Now, that doesn't mean we live like the devil, but it just means that we understand who we are and we understand who God is. And in understanding who God is, we begin to love ourselves and understand who we are. Wow, that was a mouthful. That was great. Very, very amazing, Pastor Jason. As you were speaking, I was thinking of, from a different perspective, how in John 19, 30, it says, it is finished. And when you look back to Genesis, you see Adam and Eve, our first parent who, parents who establish that human pattern of hiding guilt and shame where they hid and then they cover up. And that pattern has been going on since that time to now. And perhaps till Christ comes back. But the answer to all that guilt and shame is finished work. Mm. Because it is already is finished on the cross. But the 
journey from guilt and shame to the cross. It could be very easy, yet it becomes very long. Mm. Why I say it becomes very long? Because a lot of times when people are living in that guilt that takes into shame and that takes into fear, it's, um, they find themselves in, in a bottle sometimes or maybe in drugs or any which, or they go see psychiatrists to just to get an answer. Mm. But the answer is in the Bible. The answer is in the Bible. And that's the last thing they run to. Yeah. Because they want to just fill their empty heart because they're wounded in their hearts and they do not want to find the truth because truth sets us free. Jesus Christ in Hosea 2.5, He is the door of hope. Mm. But how often do we go to the door of hope? I was just listening to this lady um, who was telling me how uh, her life has been very um, full of heartache. And I asked her, I said, what has happened through your life that you are in this place where every time, and she's one of my customers, every time I see her, there is no joy in her life. And she often asks me, why are you full of joy? <laughs> so I had to ask her, I said, um, why is it that every time I come to see you, you are either wiping your tears, wiping your eyelids, or, they, or you are saddened? And... Just recently, she opened up and she said, uh, not too many people understand what I've been through. Not too many, my, even my own husband doesn't understand what has happened. Because, you know, in her life, she had abortions. And that, lose, that having that abortion in her young age has left a guilt and shame syndrome in her heart. Mm where every time it reminds her and she has never gotten help. Mm. And I said to her, I said, you know what? Help is just a decision away. Mm. God, could, God has already paid everything on the cross. And I said to her, I said, you know what? The cross is empty. The grave is empty. She is a believer. I said, you have to learn to live in a resurrection life. I mean, we have people, great uh, pastors will tell you like things that happen in their lives are missionaries and they all carry these wounds in their hearts but you know what it is just a decision away I love what G.K. Testerner said somebody asked him a question why do you keep changing churches he said to get rid of the guilt mm. huh. <laughs> isn't that interesting <clears throat> Wow. to get rid of the guilt people do a lot of things just to get rid of guilt and then follow, guilt follows shame so I was just thinking that as you were talking that how God is the greatest healer. How God, if we go to God instead of going to anything and everything but God, people do that often, most yeah. of the time. And we see that and you do a lot of counseling and there's people who are just have so much going on in their lives. But answer is just a decision away. Don't you think we overcomplicate it? I mean, we drown it out or we inject it out or we, we want to just be numb. We don't want to feel. But actually, you know, if I was to take a hammer and hit your hand, <clears throat> not my hand, but your hand. You can't hit <laughs> my hand. Uh, it would, <clears throat> no, just joking. Uh, it would show that you're alive. The nerves reacting would show that you're alive. And I think in the day and age we're living in, people want to feel numb because there's so much pain. 
But God promises in Isaiah 61, two, verse 2 and 3, to release us of our prisons and to give beauty for ashes. Yeah, that's beautiful. So that lady that you're talking about, that stain of her, her wrong decision, she can never get that back, but she can have it replaced with truth that sets her free. And I think, Atul, don't you think, you know, psychology says that for every sentence you say out loud, you say 37 to yourself, 37 sentences. So what's our self-talk? Am I just telling about how bad I am, what I should have done, what I should have, could have, would have done? Or is it, what does God say about me? What does God think about me? What has God done for me? And I think that cross life that you're telling, uh, sharing with us is the only way back because Otherwise, uh, we will just uh, give up and be defeated. But really, sin has been paid for. The stain has been washed away. Um, in Isaiah 118, in Isaiah 44:22, God promises to remove the stain of sin. And what hope do we have? I mean, <clears throat> again, you're right. We don't. We have no clue what people have been through. No clue. But you know what? Jesus does. He does. Jesus does. And that's, that's our message. There's a lot of damaged peoples around. And, and we are one of them as well. We're no different than anybody's, anybody out there who's listening to this, or perhaps will first time listen to it. We are also damaged, but we know where the answer lies. We know where to go to when we need help. We go right to the source, which is the Bible, the Word of God, God's own Word. I mean, even David, when he sinned with Bathsheba, I mean, for one year, he did not talk with God. Mm. For one year. But God blessed him. God, God gave him a son who built the temple. Hmm. I mean, so God is merciful. God is gracious. God is kind. God is long-suffering. God knows what you're going through. God knows what pain and heartache you have. But it is up to us to find the answer. The answer is in the book. And a lot of times people do not want to go to the cross. And yeah. we often bring that up. I remember uh, <laughs> listening to a message from... Uh, um, What's his name? The greatest preacher in the world. Uh, I am blanking out. I'm getting old. Uh, <laughs> we'll just quote him. He'll, yeah, he'll, anyway. He'll remember. There's uh, a lot of great preachers. Uh, no, the one who just died in 100 years, he lived to 100. My God, I'm not going to quit this. Billy Graham. Billy Graham. <laughs> Sorry, Billy Graham, if you're listening from him. No, I forgot his name. But he said, you know, somebody asked him, why do you, why do you not talk about the cross in the beginning years of his ministry? And he got really convicted. And he always referred everything to the cross from that point on for the rest of his ministry. And mm -hmm. that's the key. His cross is the answer. God died on the cross. He paid every single shame, guilt, and stain, as you said, mm -hmm. on that cross. We just have to go to the cross and just receive purity and know that God has, we are perfect in Him. And His blood has taken care of all the stain and made us whiter than snow in Psalm 51. Even whiter. you. Even me. And you know <laughs> wow. what? That is incredible. Me it's too. true because I remember, uh, and I'm going to get a little personal. I shouldn't, uh, I, don't, I don't have any shame. God has taken that away. I remember as a child, as an 80 year old, as when I was sexually molested. And that really left a lot of pain and shame in my heart. For a lot of years, and it was very difficult growing in my teen years, mm. and uh, and not knowing God, and a lot of shame that was in my heart personally. Um, thinking about 
and I was blaming myself for what I went through, that yet it was not my fault. I was a little child. And their prayer, people who pray on little kids, and I was the victim of one of those things that took place. And mm. God, it took a long time, even after I became a Christian, to for God to heal that. And that shame and guilt I carried with me for day in and day out, for a lot of years, but it really affected my own personal life, and but God had to heal that, and it happened on the cross. Wow! When God healed that, and I could talk about it, I could bring it up, and I could help people because you know what? It is so easy we bottle these things, these emotions, in our heart, and we just hide it in our corner of our heart, and we never want it. And we tuck it away. We never want to talk about it. We yeah. never want to bring mm -hmm. it up because it's so much shame in it. But you know what? God is a good God. Mm. He's a big God. He took all that on that cross 2,000 years ago. When I heard, when I received that, it just changed my world. And it, it gave me a new perspective of who God is. And made me feel like that I am whiter than snow that there is no stain in me there's nothing in me because when god sees me he sees me completely pure and perfect so if you are listening and you have been through a lot in your life uh, and there's a lot of wounds and there's a lot of guilt and shame i can say this for, to you personally god removes that god has paid it all in full before you and i were created Mm. Wow, that's powerful, you know, just hearing that. Just, it sobers us up to know that there's nothing deeper than the love of God. There's nothing more powerful than the love of God. You know that, <clears throat> you know, I told you just that emotional stroke. You could have had that, I could have had that if we bottled up and suppressed all those those wicked things that have happened. But, you know, you keep saying bring it to the cross. And, and maybe the le our listeners, we could say that Luke chapter 9, to come to the cross means that we lift up what God has done and we come under the authority of what God says, what God has done, and we let that define us. Let that define us. Let what he said, what Jesus said, define us. Let the love of God define us. Let the grace of God define us. Let the mercy of God define us. Let truth define us. So the only way out that you've just shared, um, you know, the, let's say maybe the adulterer or the pornographer or whatever the sin, um, you know, 2 Corinthians 4, to renounce the sin and uh, come out of the darkness into the light and be like you said, be accepted by God. Be loved by God. Don't hide it anymore. Don't um, alternative lifestyle, um, same-sex attraction, whatever it is, come into the light and God will receive you and flood you with His perfect nature. It isn't about you changing. It's about Him creating the change in you. It's love doesn't demand a change, as we've heard all these years but love is the producer of the change. And then your past memory experience and that wicked thing that you're talking about, that, that no longer has to define you. Now it's, it's who God says that I am is exactly who I am, and what the devil says that I am is not who we are. And we have to get 
we have to get like um, dogmatic with this, right? Yeah. Otherwise, we have an emotional stroke. We we start to die from the inside out, and um, you know, despair and depression become our companions. But instead, we can come into the light and be loved by God, love ourselves, and love other people that have been through tremendous torture situations. There's hope, right? There's hope, right, at all? Yes, there is. I, as you were saying about the emotional stroke, that stuff is real. People get paralyzed with those emotional strokes, spiritually and emotionally. The answer is God. God is in. I love in First John one eight nine. It says God purifies us, and we become His righteousness. I love that word purify. The word purifies us. God is a good God. I am. I stand here as an example of like what God has done in my life, and there are many people like me out there. And today we have touched a subject that we. I think we're going to continue on this next yeah. on Thursday when we talk about this more because it is a very valid uh, topic. And I would say a lot of people struggle with this. A lot of people have these um, wounds that have been tucked away. Wounds and, and, the, and the rooms, they're shut. They're shut. Mm-hmm. And we hide that. We never want to talk about these things. Why? Because it brings bring out painful memories. But God, mm-hmm. but God, God is the healer. God is the deliverer. And God is the answer. And when we go to God with all that we have been through and laid before the before His feet, and God says, you know what? I will repay it. Mm-hmm. That's why my one of my favorite verses in the Bible is John 19.30. It is finished. We are product of a finished work if we only understand how we get there. Yes. And that is to the cross. And that's the message today. I love it. I love it. And I just want to echo what you're saying. It's like, let's lift up what Christ says. Let's, def- let, let's let what Christ says define us. And, uh, and just to, we're beautifully broken, aren't we? we God are. is going to Very make beautiful. something beautiful from your pain if you give it to him. Give it over to the Lord. Talk to the Lord about it. Come into the light. Get around people that uh, love you and will give you a new creation self-image, an image that is void of our performance and our sin, but is a mirror to the grace of God, a mirror to the love of God, a mirror to the mercy of God. And and have boundaries around, you know, around toxic relationships. You know, you want to be around people that are reminding you of who Christ says that you are, are not reinforcing what you think that you are. So we're going to continue this on Thursday, I think, right? Yes, sir. And so thank you for listening, folks. If you are, uh, if it helps you, what you heard today, go to the, go to God, go to the cross. And let us know, right? Let us know. We are here. We are here to help you. If something that is has been a hindrance in your walk with God and it often comes up and it stops you in your tracks to serve God, let us help you. We understand. We've been through it. And we are here to help. Reach out to us. Mm. Send us a message. But with that, we'll talk more about this on Thursday, Pastor Jason. Maybe we just close in a prayer. If you yeah. yeah. Lord, we're just praying for our listeners and we know that we are all broken in one way. We're all addicted. 
in one way, but we know that you see us perfect, sinless. You see us uh, in your Son. And Lord, remind us of that daily. Uh, let your voice be shouting that through the echoes of our soul and release the prisoners, mm-hmm. break the chains, renew minds, refresh spirits, and just set people free uh, in your great grace, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome. <music>